Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 26 of the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. Today's episode is entitled Midlife Crises and Burnout to Awakening and Mindful Living. Our guest is the one and only Dr. Sogol. She is a physician mindfulness coach and she's the host of the podcast Mindful Living with Dr. Sogol. She is a coach that uses coaching tools as well as meditation, yoga, breath work, and inner child work to help her clients find self fulfillment and joy. Please enjoy my conversation as we welcome Dr. Sogol. I am so excited to have you here, Dr. Sogol. And I love that in your work as a coach, you really focus on that, what we call, I don't know, the midlife, the midlife awakening, the midlife crisis, the midlife burnout. I really call it a lot of times the midlife realignment. And I think it's such an important thing to kind of talk about because I think, you know, when we think about this historically, right, it was always like the men got to have a midlife crisis, right, where you suddenly like ditched your wife and kids and ran off with your 20 year old secretary in the convertible and drove cuss country like right, but women were supposed to just be happy at home and steady and then to be left by their husbands and thank God times have changed. But I do think it's such an important topic to kind of really look at and talk about what happens also a lot of times in women midlife. So can you just share your experience of what you see, what you experience, what you coach on? Yeah. So I have always been, I'm kind of like the oddball out. I, I, uh, I've figured out is I've always like with motherhood, let's step back a little bit before midlife with motherhood. So I'm a pediatrician and I did not say this for a really long time because I had a lot of shame around it, but I was like, I didn't like the baby toddler years at all. Like I didn't like the whole breastfeeding. I didn't find it bonding. I was like, I want my kids to get older so I can like have these conversations with them and we can go on vacations instead of like changing diapers and stuff like that. Right. And so I always looked forward to like their teen years or their preteen years and out of that baby years. And even in my own life, like, you know, I'm 46 now, even in my 30s, when I turned 30s, this, these big um, uh, transitions that we have, I was never like, oh, God, I'm 30. I really want to be 21. I was like, oh, my God, thank God. Like, I did the 21 thing. And it was like, great. And I did the partying, whatever that you do. But I never wanted to ever go back in time. So I think that's just kind of how my mindset has always been. So as I entered my 30s, I was like, awesome. Like, I gave, I was, I was done with like two, one kid and I gave two. And then when I hit 35, it was like, yeah, I don't have to have any kids anymore. Right. Wonderful. Awesome. That period is over. Now let's focus on what's moving forward. And then when I hit 40, I was like, wonderful. My kids are now older. I don't have to do the stroller thing and the, you know, the burping thing and the nanny thing that drove me crazy. Right. As working moms, we always have to have someone, you know, in in place in case the kids are sick. And so that's how I kind of went forward with life. So then when I got to 40 and I was like, 
Mm, I'm feeling really tired and I'm feeling really angry and I couldn't figure out like, you know, you do the whole as a physician. Oh my God, I'm tired. I must have cancer. Let's check your CBC every two weeks. Make sure it's not cancer, right? You go to the rheumatologist. I just have chronic fatigue. Like what's wrong with me? But you know, you go out and you you see all these uh, subspecialists. And then for a time I was like, maybe this is just midlife. I was like, maybe this is just midlife and being a mom and a physician and working and a, and a wife. And I kind of reveled in that for a while. But there came a time where I was like, even if this is midlife or like a midlife crisis, like, I don't want to call it a crisis. And I don't want to stay in this area and just accept it as it is. And I was like, what if we take this as an opportunity to see why it's come my way, right? Instead of being a victim and saying like, okay, well, this is just the way life is. This is what everybody else is doing. I was like, no. And that's why I named it. I honestly think midlife crisis is a spiritual awakening or is, I love how you say it's a realignment because that's exactly what it is. And you are realigning with literally who you were as a person, that pure self of yours, when you were born into this life, that pure, like I call, I mean, you could call it different things that you could call it your true self, you could call it your, your soul, I use that a lot, like with your soul, and doing the inner journey to be like, okay, I was conditioned a particular way by my parents, by my culture, by my religion, religion, our schooling had a huge part into our conditioning. And that's fine. I don't hate my parents. I don't hate my religion. I don't hate my culture. Like they've taught me whatever I need to teach. But now that I've gotten this awakening, instead of going for to the, all the answers outside of me, why don't I come back home? Why don't I sit still a minute and be like, why am I feeling like this? Right? Why is there this misalignment? Why is there this like tug between like me and me? <laughs> I, I mean, I love everything that you've said. And that's really why I call it the midlife realignment, because I feel like both in my own life and also in a lot of times, I feel like that's when women come to coaching is because they've sort of achieved right by society's rules. Like you said, you know, we were taught like, you get good grades and then you go to college. And then, you know, in our case, at some point we went to med school and then we matched into a residency and then we maybe did fellowship and then we got a job and then we had the kids and then we had the big house and then we had to take care of the nannies. And then, you know, what, and I know not everybody listening here is a physician, but you might've been told that after college, you get married and you get the kids and you get the job and you like work up that corporate ladder to like management. And then at some point you just look in the mirror and you're like, is this, is this what this is really all about? And yeah, the, your truest self. And I call it the truest self. What I love how you mentioned some of these other words, just to keep it really inclusive, like still lies within you, that person that you were before school told you that you had to get A's and before, you know, somebody maybe made some comments that you were too loud or that girls are supposed to do this and boys are supposed to do this, which, you know, thankfully, I think now um, some of those gender roles are hopefully getting a little bit less so, but they're still being very pervasive. And especially, you know, I'm 
some of us who are like from immigrant families. And then there's that whole culture that we bring in. And I've heard somebody else say that, you know, like in my culture, we had a choice to be like a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, yeah. like, but those were the choices, like, right. And, mine. Uh, or, or, you know, like your parents that have worked so hard to come to this country and now you kind of got to pay them back by doing X, Y, and Z or, you know, whatever it might be, right? Anytime there's something that you feel that you have to do and we grow up in this conditioning. And then I do kind of love the fact though that we get this opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. At some point during life to take inventory really before the end of our life. Because I remember my grandmother, um, you know, when she was, this was shortly before she died and she was like, always like, you guys do what you want to do. Like, I wish I would have been able to get divorced from my abusive husband. And I wish I would have been able to do this Y and Z so that we get this opportunity, because I think that's kind of what you coach on, right? Is that this is really an opportunity to shift your life into a way that is mostly aligned with you and that we don't have to keep carrying on. Yeah. And I love that word that you say opportunity, right? So if you look at just words, like words carry an energy, words carry a weight, right? If we talk about burn out, burn doesn't feel good. <laughs> like you're burning and out usually like out is like, okay, I got booted out, right? I got, you know, like laid off or I got fired, right? But if we reword it and we say, okay, this is an opportunity. This is a realignment. This is an awakening. Like that carries a completely different energy around it than these words. So that's just to be really mindful of how you speak and what perspective you see these circumstances that come up in your life, I think is the first step is just having awareness around like, oh, I'm using that burn word again. Every time I use it, it doesn't feel good to my body. Oh, but maybe it's not a burn. Maybe it's an awakening. Maybe it's a realignment. Maybe it's an opportunity. We had to look at every, if we could look at, or if we were even taught to look at every circumstance in our life as an opportunity, like imagine if you went back and you thought like, oh, that crazy boyfriend that I dated for three years, oh, that was a great opportunity. What did I learn versus like carrying that trauma or, you know, those negative memories with you? I mean, our life would be completely different. And the beautiful part of it is that it's literally up to us. Like we have complete total control of how we want to look at these different circumstances. So what you were saying, it's funny because everything you said, like literally hit my life is that I was, I'm a first generation immigrant. I grew up in Iran, came here when I was 10 years old. And yes, for immigrants, my parents work very, 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 still work very, very hard, right? The immigrant story. And we had three options for careers. It was medicine, law, and engineering, right? And I was never good at math. So I was like, oh, I can't do engineering. And I really wanted to do be an, an, an attorney. And um, and I love to talk. That's why I have a podcast. That's why I come on podcasts. That's just like very natural to me. And I was a very loud kid. Like you say, girls shouldn't be loud. And so, and I had a really good child back in Iran. And then I came here and imagine like a 10 year old, I was like nine girl that comes here. And I knew maybe like, hi, how are you? Like minimal English. And this is a 10 year old girl that was very verbal, very social, very active. 
And I literally went mute, like I, because I was every time I talked first, I couldn't talk. But the words that I did know I got out, it sounded different, right? It wasn't, you know, the same accent. Um, I didn't make the, the the sentence structure correctly, right? So I muted myself and I kept muting myself. And then, you know, the the narrative about you're too loud, you're too loud came back. And I kept muting myself. And I did that for years and years and years. So when part of this reawakening, I had to really sit down and be like, okay, what did you like doing, right? Like, because I had no hobbies. I just, I work, 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 and did, 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 did for others. And then I had a really hard time. And a lot of physicians do have a hard time to reconnecting and be like, okay, like, I don't even, I don't know what I want. You hear that all the time. They're like, but I don't know. I'm like, no, but it, you do know it's in there. It's just that it's covered by layers and layers of layers of supposed to, or should do, or could do, or would do kind of, kind of narrative. And so when, for me, it really helped when I went back to my childhood, and if you don't remember your childhood, ask your parents, like, hey, what kind of a kid was I? Well, what I used to do, right? If you don't remember those activities. And I remember saying I was really loud and I love to talk. And I was like, okay, what can I do something to where I'm really loud and I love to talk? <laughs> I was like, perfect, podcast. I'm in. And that's how I started, you know, with the podcast. And it's something that I really enjoy. And people are like, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, it's not hard if it's fun. If it's something that's aligned, going back to the realignment, it's fun because it's it's like being a kid again and sitting down and like talking for an hour. Like, oh my God, I love that, right? So go back to what you love to do. Some people love to be quiet and like be in their rooms and write, start writing. Like you don't have to write a novel, but just start writing, start somewhere, right? Some people love to be outside, go outside. Some people love to be on the beach. That's what, how, where they grew up, do that. Like incorporate those elements into your life. And as you do, then the answers will come. Then the answers will reveal themselves. I think the hard part for us is because as physicians, we've followed protocols and procedures and had little checkpoints the how was very much planned out for us all of our life and I think a lot of other industries are that way too right like whenever you get trained into the manuals of a company or you have a checklist for this and you have a supposed to for that so I don't think that's something that's unique to physicians at all. I think it's kind of like Western society and employees, right? Yeah. And taking and recognizing that and being like, okay, the second half of my life is just, I'm just going to release, which is very hard. Let go, right? I was a complete controller, micromanager in everything that I did. I'm going to let go. Yeah, it's going to be scary as heck because letting go is like fear, death to our brain. Going to let go of that. And I'm just going to allow my intuition. A lot of us don't think we're intuitive. We're all very intuitive. You just have to tap into that. I'm going to let my intuition, I'm going to let that gut feeling, I'm going to let those dreams, whatever. If you meditate, those messages that come through, I'm going to kind of trust them. And I'm just going to make little baby steps one by one. It doesn't have to be a huge leap, knowing that there's no manual, there's no blueprint, there's no specific how. It's like every one of us are very unique and individual in our DNA, in our experience, in our you know culture, in our you know past generations. And so, what I want to do and how I want to do it is very different from what you want to do, Dr. Borger, right? Or what Dr. Smith wants to do or what Janet wants to do. Yeah. I, I, I want to just make two points. So number one is I actually 
did a podcast episode exactly on that. And it's called Do What Sets Your Soul on Fire. And it's really about that same thing as like that I you know, was a writer as a kid. And my thing was that I would like just ask for notebooks and I would make up stories. And, you know, now I'm a podcaster, but it's that same thing. It's that communication, it's that creativity. Um, And then number two, you know, when we talk about burnout, if you're listening and you're right now feeling that burnt out crispy part, like it's okay to also be in that state. You know, we are having a conversation between two women that are not only coaches, but that have also done a lot of work over the Mm -hmm. years. So if you are listening and you're like, yeah, I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling overwhelmed, like Dr. Sogo, what do you think for those people, whether you're a physician or not, what would be good next steps that you would recommend if you're kind of like sort of feeling like, oh, it would be nice to have an afternoon, but I just don't, that's something I can't even fathom to take a whole afternoon. Like, believe me, I needed coaching to just (laughs) feel and think that it was okay to drop my kids off at daycare Mm -hmm. to take a whole lot of these classes. Okay. Oh, I totally. So totally. I, I guess let's go back as a coach. If if we have somebody listening and they're driving in their car and they're feeling overwhelmed and they're like, my God, this is speaking to me. I feel like maybe this is me ha- going through this midlife, whatever, but we're a little bit at the burnout and crisis part, not yet at the reawakening and opportunity part. What do you think those people yeah. should be? Yeah. So number one, it, you are not alone right? Number one, we all feel like and now it's much better. But when I was going through it six years ago, there was not much coaching, there was not much talk around burnout, right? And so I sat kind of in silence going, um, I'm supposed to be happy and grateful and thankful because I literally everything outside of me was fine. Like I had an amazing job. I had, you know, I have my husband was fine. My kids were fine. So I had a lot of shame around like, why do I even feel like this? And I had no one to speak to. I had no one to talk to about it. I think the most important thing with coaching is that some other individual human soul holds this sacred space for you that's safe, that's non-judgmental to where you can just say like, hey, like I know on the outside, everything looks great on Instagram for me, but on the inside, I feel like crap, right? So knowing that whatever you feel is not a problem, feelings are not a problem, problem. They're not something to solve feelings. All every feeling that you have is giving you a message. But what we tend to do is we're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I yelled at a gay and I can't believe I'm always angry. I can't believe I'm always stressed out. I can't believe I'm always overwhelmed and we're resisting it, resisting it. But if we open up to it and we say, yeah, I'm angry and maybe I'm allowed to be angry. Let's see where that anger is coming from, right? So that's where that first step of awareness comes in is accepting whatever feeling that you're in right now, instead of shunting it and beating up on yourself and, you know, and, and punishing yourself and putting yourself in timeout. It's like, okay, 
Hi. Okay. Hi, Anger. I see you want to come play. This is a play that let's play. Let me have a conversation with you. Okay. Why, why are, why am I angry? What's making you angry? What's, what, why is this feeling coming up? So acceptance is huge in this journey, awareness and acceptance, right? Because the more you resist and you say, well, Dr. Smith over there, it, She's not angry, okay, but you don't know what kind of feeling that she's carrying. Don't compare yourself. I, I'm I'm still a huge, I'm working on my comparison and judgment of myself still. So just catch yourself because your brain is still going to go to that, you know, beating up on yourself. Why are you angry? Why are you anxious? Why can't you do and this? That's the thing about burnout, right, is again, societal conditioning has told us and a lot of our like messaging has told us this happily ever after right as oh soon gosh. as you marry the prince and you're in the castle and you've got your kids like happily ever after and i think you know just to sort of add to what you're saying i think the the biggest thing is like it doesn't like you can be burned out if you have a great job and a great house and a great husband like your life doesn't have to literally be on fire and i think like we had said that is where a lot of the shame and again that societal judgment comes in mm -hmm. like well what does she have to complain mm -hmm. about like her life is perfect her kid doesn't have a chronic illness da 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 da, da. you know what i mean her husband yeah. isn't beautiful. but that is totally irrelevant yeah like totally. i guess that's what i want to say like totally your feelings are valid and yeah. i think the one thing that i want to add is to like really treat yourself with exquisite tenderness and then as the next step like you like dr sogol said once you have that awareness reach out whether that is a counselor an eap your friends sometimes your friend and your family aren't the best ones because sometimes they kind of have a let me say a stake in you being who you are yeah, you know or they have their own issues right. that they and bring so into that's the conversation where coaching and coaches really come in and you know, for those people who aren't as familiar with coaching, what would you say coaching is or what your role as a coach is? Yeah, I think the most important, and I go back to this a lot, right? Because as coaches, we have our own growths in that space as well. And so I will tell you what I thought coaching was at the beginning, okay? And people would tell me otherwise, and I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. So as physicians, we're very much trained to like, um, diagnose, treat, and then get some sort of outcome, right? So as people were coming to me, clients were coming to me as me being their coach, I was like, oh, I have to create a result for them, right? It was very much like a transactional, like, oh, wait, I didn't make her feel better. So I must have not been a coach. That's not what coaching is about. Don't, people don't even want to feel better. People want, I think, number one, safety. They want a safe place to go to, to just verbalize how they feel without getting judged. And if you think about your own relationship, your husband, when you get super, if you took think about those really vulnerable parts of you, which you probably have not even shared with your husband. There's a reason you haven't shared it with your husband. It's not that he's like abusive and a bad person. It's just 
that relationship doesn't feel 100% safe for you to come forward and share whatever your experience is in whatever part of your, your, um, your journey, right? So a coach creates that those people are inside of your life they're not outside of your life right and I think that is also the key is that it's like coaches are that neutral third party that have sort of like therapists that have a completely different vantage point versus somebody who's in a relationship with you exactly because the patient in the relationship the 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 husband in the relationship is going to bring his stuff in with you as well. So safety, safety, safety is huge. And I did not understand what safety meant and I, uh, until I started doing the work. And then just being heard. Like I tell my teenagers that are dealing with like anxiety and depression, I tell them, listen, go to the therapist and I just want you to just share like the therapist didn't even have to give you anything. The fact that you're going to get those thoughts out of your body and have a safe space to share it with, that's 50% of the work, right? Just creating that space to where you can be like, you know what? Like my life looks great on the outside, but I feel like crap. But I can't really say that to my mother or my husband or my children or my mother-in-law, right? And having that exactly, like you said, that third person neutral neutral, safe party to go to, to where literally you can say anything that you want and it's confidential and, and it's not going to go outside of the the sacred space that you've created with, with your coach. And that's something even with your friends, like I started telling my friends, because I've opened up a lot more. I'm like, I can't do the chit chat stuff, guys. Like if I'm going to sit down with you, like I really am looking for heart to heart and soul to soul connection. I can't do that. How's the weather? Yeah, sometimes, but like, I need that like really in depth conversation about like, tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what's on your heart. Tell me. And I don't, I don't have to have an answer for it. I don't have to have a solution for it. I just want you to be heard. That's the biggest thing that coaching has done for me. It's like by speaking, I hear myself because sometimes there's so much going on in your brain that you're not really hearing yourself. By speaking and putting things out there, you hear yourself and then somebody else hears you as well. So you get validated both ways. You're seen, you're heard, and you're validated. And that's something that is really lacking in most of our relationships because we're not used to being vulnerable as women. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, coaches, especially trained coaches that have tools um, to work with mindfulness or to ask those questions or an understanding of, you know, I, I just kind of, when we talked about it, it just brings me back to like, I'm a student of Martha Beck's the change cycle. And, you know, like, like we have these tools on how to ask questions and it's really always the client that comes up with the answer, right? It's like, what do you think would make you feel Mm -hmm. like, what do you think? Or, you know, just sit in nature for five minutes, hand to heart. And even if it's uncomfortable and figure out what comes up next, like, you know, and um, anyway, you are a mindfulness coach, which really, and you use a lot of really amazing modalities. And I've kind of, um, said that coaches has different tools and 
The other thing I want to tell people that if they're really considering coaching or help or therapy or whatever, like there's very many different styles. Yes, there's what's taught, but you have to connect with the person. Like you've had have to connect with your therapist. Like you have to connect with your physician. Like you like one massage therapist more than another. You know, they might have gone to the same school. But talking about um modalities and resources and tools that you have at your um, disposal, you know, you do have training in meditation and yoga and breath work and inner child work. um, And you're a mindfulness coach. What does that mean? Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's so funny, because I was like, when people would be like, be more mindful. And I'm like, pretty smart (laughs) it's actually being mindful is actually like it should be like being more mindless right when we think of mindful we think of like oh let's analyze let's you know do some data and let's do some like like projects and it's like no 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 let's 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 actually drop to the body mindfulness for me started a lot with feelings what are my feelings. What am I feeling? Cause I never felt one of my, my defense mechanisms was feelings are bad. We don't feel because if we feel, then we can't be successful. Like that was one of my beliefs. So it's dropping down and being like, what are my feelings in the moment? Mindfulness is very much about bringing your back, yourself back to the present moment. Like, okay, I'm driving, right? Getting out of this autopilot of getting up, feeding the kids, school, work, dinner, sleep, right? This cycle that this rat race that we're all in and pausing during the day and be like, okay, okay, okay. What's my feeling? What's my true feeling? What's my body telling me, right? Am I tired? Does it have an ache? Is my chest tight? Is my stomach in knots? Are my shoulders like really tight up here? Do I have a headache? Like you can go by physical sensations in your body because we're a little bit more connected to that and then be like, okay, what's causing this tension in my, in, in my shoulders? What's causing this headache? What energy am I carrying? So feelings and then going back to the thought and being like, I'm angry because X, Y, and Z. What's the thought behind it? Because I think my, you know, daughter's whatever, my staff is whatever. Usually you're pointing the finger at someone else (laughs) is where the thought comes from. So being aware of how you feel every day and being aware of what you are thinking every day, that brings a lot of awareness. So like my thoughts every day, when I woke up in the morning, what I would be like, first thing was like, my to do list, what's on my to do list? Who do I have to take somewhere? What staff is going to call in sick? How many patients do I have on my schedule? Oh, God, I hope Dr. Smith's not on my schedule. That that one's a pain in the butt. You know, it was just negative, 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 negative. That's what I would wake up to. And that's what I would go to sleep with. But being aware and really looking at those thoughts. Now I've done the work for over two years on myself to where I wake up and I'm like, I take a breath and I'm like, my God, I'm alive. Like that is a blessing. I'm alive. I get to take a breath. I'm alive. There's oxygen going through my lungs. There's blood pumping through my body. And I've done it and gratitude is huge. So I've done consistently just gratitude daily, 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 even at the beginning where I was like, what is the point of just saying I'm grateful for my kids? It's so pointless. It's not pointless. It's actually rewiring your brain on a neurochemical level. It's called neuroplasticity. And there's a lot of research behind that. 
Yes, lots, lots of research. research. All the stuff we're talking about, you guys, is lots not just woo-woo. There is lots no. and lots and lots of research yeah, lots behind breath work and meditation and gratefulness and yeah. all of the things. Yeah. So, yeah. So I went, you know, I started with the mindset coaching, but then something kept saying, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. Then I went to the whole embodiment stuff. It's like, okay, where am I feeling? Where am I feeling my feelings? How can I, uh, we're all living in this chronic stress. Even if you're not a physician as a human society, it's like, go, 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 go rush, 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 hurry, cortisol, adrenaline, bump, 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 which is fine. If you're getting chased by, you know, something dangerous, but it's not fine. If you're in that, that, sympathetic nervous system. So how do I calm down my system? I take baths, I go in nature, I put my foot in, like, these are all simple stuff that you can do in your backyard. Like it doesn't cost thousands of dollars. Go hug a tree. Like literally it works guys. (laughs) Go swim, go do things that you enjoy. And then I went deeper to the soul to where I was like, okay, why am I getting triggered? What, what's, what is something in my childhood that keeps coming up over and over in different ways? And so it's the whole holistic approach is the mind, body, and spirit or the soul combination. And that's what I, that's why I love doing what I do. It is just taking these three components and working with clients through each component. And they're very integrated and it works. Like if y'all knew me, I was complete ADHD. I went 200 miles per hour. I had 50 projects going at one time and I was stressed beyond like craziness. And now my husband's like, what are you smoking? <laughs> like, literally, he's like, well, why don't you ever get angry? And I was like, I don't, it's not in my body anymore. Like, I don't, I don't. People have, have said that to me, like scream. in an argument, it's like, you just don't even care yeah. about the small stuff. Like, it's a bad thing. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yes. I don't and care about translated it. As my caring. husband was that in arguments. It's like, why don't you just care about this? And I'm like, because it doesn't matter like that if that is your insult now that you don't care about the small stuff and you don't get worked up about the small stuff it's like all right I can't really actually take that as a complaint yeah totally yes so it works please invest in yourself it's I've never heard of anyone that has not invested in it has invested in a coach and they're like well I'm the same like that just people make big shifts or smaller shifts and there's a shift that's going to be I think every human um should deserves a coach and I think again it's part of that conditioning that a lot of us are really happy to spend on our kids they're happy to spend on our spouses and just the thought of like spending on our own wellness and health and mental health is such a foreign concept and and sometimes I think it's also that um already the burnout right it's the like well you don't deserve that well that negative voice in your head so I completely agree with you I mean if anybody listens to that this episode and for some reason they're like wow maybe I do feel that way that I'm on this treadmill of life and that everything on the outside looks amazing because I'm driving around in my nice SUV at the car line but I'm unhappy right um like it's okay. Like a lot of us have gone through the same thing, which is why there is this whole movement of midlife reawakening and this whole kind of community of women that say, you know what, like we deserve happiness and we deserve to be whole and we want to kind of live our life in alignment with ourselves. 
regardless of what society has told us that our life should look like. And again, it does. The other thing I want to tell people is it's subtle shifts. I always Mm -hmm. tell people that we shift things one degree at a time, because I don't want you to be scared. Like if you think about like a path, right. And I have a path from here to there. And then I shift just one degree and one degree and one degree. I am somewhere completely different. So you don't have to divorce the husband. Yeah. You don't have to get rid of the cat. You don't have to quit your job. I mean, you might want to, I, you know, we don't judge you, but what I'm saying is you don't have to blow up your life to feel better. And sometimes people also get into this all or nothing thinking. Like if you fantasize right now that you would get sick so that you didn't have to go to work for three weeks because you had a positive COVID test, like you're burnt out. Okay. Like if you, your dream tomorrow is that you flew a positive like that means we fucked up. But anyway, so I guess what I'm saying too is that like let's talk about this next like where you started to where you're now. Mm-hmm. On the inside, your life looks completely different. But what are some of the shifts that you've made on the outside? And I want you to talk about the subtlety of them too, if it's been subtle. I mean, it could have been that you sold everything and living in a camper now. Yeah, no, I but, was just. But I think that's the other I thing that like say- people need to know that. I- these little changes can yeah. make a huge, huge impact. Yeah. So beautiful because at the beginning, so this is how my journey started at the beginning. I was like, how do I feel? And I'm like, I'm angry, frustrated. I had like four emotions. It was like anger, frustrated, resentment, and pissed. <laughs> like, I know, I know those emotions, the rest of it. I, I don't know. I don't know how that feels. And then I was like, how do I want to feel? And for me, it wasn't even happy. It was like, I want to feel calm. I didn't know what calm and ease look like, right? I was like, I don't know what happiness is, but I'm tired of like this all the time, right? I want to feel calm. And I'm not like, I'm not the one, I was not diagnosed with like clinical anxiety. Like I'm not a person that would like say, oh, I was always an anxious person all my life. I wasn't like, I just think I was just like, whatever, like normal, right? I didn't have any diagnosis. So I cannot just imagine anyone that has diagnosed anxiety, like how they feel if I felt that way. Um, So I said, calm, right? I was like, okay, let's work on calm. And then exactly, I changed nothing on the outside. I have the same husband. I have the same kids. I have three teenagers. I know for the moms that are out there with three teenagers and I am loving them. Like the teenage journey, I think is, I I love it, love it, love it, love it. And that's because of the coaching, because I can coach myself through the craziness (laughs) because they're going through their craziness when they're teens, right? But I don't have to do that with them. I can hold this space and be like, you're okay. It'll be okay. Let's, let's work towards. And you also knew that this is not, I'm a terrible mother. I failed. Right. Like, Oh, they're being teenagers. Yes. 13. That's cool. Yes. Yes. And so same kids, same uh, practice. I still go to the practice two days a week, same staff. Oh my God. I had so much issues and drama with my staff, same staff, nobody left. But what I want to say, this is the beauty is that so many parents come to me just as, as pediatricians, as, as like parents in my office. And they're like, what can I do for them? Right. To make them whatever X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I didn't do anything for them. 
I did everything for me. When I started doing things for me, whether that's setting time out for myself, prioritizing my time, cut it, whatever that was, it was all for me. All those selfish thoughts you have about like, I I can't do that because that's so selfish and da, da, da. I did all that. I was like, we're just going to be selfish. Okay, let's give it six months and be selfish. And then if it falls through, fine. I did everything for me. And as I did that, what changed is my state of being went from anger to kind of like neutral. And now I have complete ease, right? And then they started noticing. And I started noticing my teenagers wanting to spend more time with me, which is uncalled for, right? Why is that? Because they felt my energy. They, I wasn't at that like volatile, burning anger red. I was the lower, calm, green water flow. And we're all energy in a sense, if you want to get super woo. And we get attracted to each other depending on our energy. So as I change my state and my feeling, they came closer and closer and closer. And then that's where that heart and soul connection lies is within. It's so much more than what you see with your eyes. It's all energy and frequency and feelings. You know how you walk into a room and you're like, oh, this person is so loving. Can I hug you? But you don't even know them. Okay. That's, that's the feeling that they hold. That's what's attracting us. So connection has been huge in this journey. And I mean, just like you said, I mean, if somebody's out there and they're like, I want to change my family dynamic, I want to change my marriage, I want to change my work relationship. The only thing you can really control is yourself, right? And it's always in taking the ownership and not being a victim and really getting to that point where with exquisite love and tenderness, you support yourself towards becoming the best version of yourself. And it's, it might not always be easy. You might have to face some hard things, but the journey is always worth it, right? Like if you and I are sitting here sort of at, and I think, you know, that that midlife free alignment and awakening never changes. And I kind of like love that there's no end point because I get to grow. I get to change. I get to evolve. I'm not stuck in this box of, oh, here's Jude. And these are all the roles. And this is where she ends. Like yes. we get to expand our energy and kind of find these different parts of us and unlock these secret gates and gardens that we kind of maybe didn't know existed, maybe forgot about, maybe we're told to forget about. And so I love the fact that it's a journey. I know some people probably want to just be like, I want to go from here to better. But once you're at that point, it's not something you want to stop because the journey is so lovely and the destination is so beautiful and you want to just keep swimming and flowing with it and really see what's out there inside of your life, your mind, your possibility. Yeah, I love that. And I am totally was a person where uh, most of us are like you set a goal and then there has to be an outcome, right? There has to be an Endpoint, And it doesn't matter what you do in between to get to that end point. Our focus was laser focused on like, did I get this end point or not? And then there came a time where I'm like, oh, there's like all these things. <laughs> yeah. 
wait, the, the important stuff is the stuff in the middle? Like, where did, I, <laughs> where did I miss that? I did not get that taught in kindergarten. It is, it's literally, y'all, it is the journey. And with me saying it, like, of all people, because I'm so, so goal-oriented. Oh, my God, so goal-oriented. So for me to say that and to be able to take, um, to make those, prioritize myself and take those actions and sit through the discomfort and come to a place where I am, like, I just cannot imagine my life living the way I did before. It's been amazing. Yeah, well, I think this is an amazing point to kind of like, it feels like a very complete conversation. So thank you so much. Like literally from the bottom of my heart, this was like so precious. Now, if any of our listeners were like, wow, I want to hear more about that. I actually subscribed and listened to your podcast. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your podcast and where else they can find you now? People, as always, we put it all in the show notes, but I want to be able to kind of for you to share it to everybody listening. Thank you so much. So on my website is where you can find everything. It's drsogol.com and it's dr s-o-g-o-l.com so it's all one word no space no dots or anything like that and my i'm on instagram i'm super active on instagram and facebook so i put daily stuff i put my stuff that's going on my mind drama that's going on so if you want a little bit of like inspirational things from me just follow me there and you can go through my website for that and then my podcast is um, mindful living with dr sogol again just go through my website and click on it there's a link there. And literally my podcast is like all the experiences that I've had. I just share it with people. Like that's my creative outlet. So whatever's happening in my life and I learn something about it, I hop on and I'm like, Hey, look, I screwed this up and this is what I learned kind of thing. And I give away all my coaching tools and tips in my podcast. And then if like you're super woo and spiritual, um, the guests that I have on my podcast are all midlife female physicians that have used different Eastern modality like sound medicine, Reiki, Akashic records, like literally magic, if you want to go. I I was going to say that. And then you have these amazing guests that share all sorts of modalities. And the way I always feel about that is that it's really great to just open people's minds because you know, I love meditation and I love yoga, but some people that might not be their thing, they might need tapping instead, or they might want to do, you know, one of the many, many modalities. So I love that you really kind of give them a platform and just allow people to see what's out there because who knows what's going to speak to somebody and what's going to be the guide to their soul. Yeah, I cannot emphasize that enough, guys. If you've, you know, if you've reached out to someone and worked with a coach and you're like, eh, it didn't work, it's because it wasn't a good fit. It's not that it didn't work. So do again, listen to podcasts, go on social media, follow people and see if they vibe with your energy. And then if they do, then you can contact them. But there are so many different modalities out there. And I completely agree. Not everything is for everyone. And that's why there's options in life. (laughs) Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for this lovely conversation. Thank you people for listening as always. If you have any questions, if this resonated with us, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or all of the other things. And we have all of Dr. Sogol's information in our show notes. So that way, if you have any questions or comments from her, you can contact her too. And again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Super fun. 
Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.